Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Well, Dan, this year has been a big year for uh, religious freedom bills in the southern part of the United States, which have almost universally been vilified in the press, deservedly or undeservedly. Well, here to uh, discuss it is Kevin James, who serves as Associate Director of Public Affairs and Religious Liberty for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the southern part of the United States. Kevin, uh, my friend, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thank you, Alan. It's good to be here. So there have been a number of bills. Uh, I think the most controversial of them so far has been called the North Carolina Bathroom Bill. Uh, tell us about that, for starters. Well, that's an interesting bill um, in the sense that there's really uh, not any uh, religious liberty connotations too much as the way it was uh, done. There was a um, uh, kind of a uh, there was a special session that that took place that very few. As a matter of fact, it surprised me. I hadn't even heard about it, and I'm the one who monitors this stuff as closely as we can. But uh, there was a special session pulled together. Um, just before, well, North Carolina hasn't even officially opened until next week, I believe. I think it's Monday. And um, and uh, legislators got together and decided to uh, run a bill through that uh, uh, on the issues of the bathrooms and transgender um, individuals that um, pretty much got a rubber stamp through the whole thing. And that's what really upset a lot of people was there was not a lot of opportunity to debate. It was a kind of a quickly done thing. And that's where I hear uh, a lot of the... Um, Objections to this obviously come from. Well, what ex- can you explain what the bill actually does? Well, that bill basically is saying that um, uh, transgenders are to use the bathrooms of their biological sex, birth, and um, and of course the LGBT uh, groups as, as well as others, um, civil rights groups are are very upset that it's just being discriminatory, outright discriminatory towards. Uh, individuals who associate or identify with a, a gender other than their biological. So I understood that it went beyond that and essentially reversed a uh, discrimination law that was enacted in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, and said that there cannot be any local civil rights laws passed, that they have to be done by the state. Uh, yeah, I think you brought that up. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I believe that that is quite accurate to the whole thing. And, and it's, it was just one of those things that uh, there was already some, you know, North Carolina has been having some interesting historical issues in a legislative way. And, um, and I think because of that, this also has taken on a, a very huge dimension on the way that, they are, that they've been progressing through these kind of things and, uh, you know, and how they've been doing them. So uh, I think you're I think you're quite accurate in what you're saying on that. Now, listeners are going to have their own views about whether they think this is a good bill or whether they think it's a bad bill. We don't need to get into that in our discussion. But I will say, Kevin, where I I'm here in California, you know, you're there in in the Atlanta area. Um, here in California, 
that bill has made life very difficult for religious freedom, and there's a huge backlash. Uh, we've already seen a bill in our legislature that would not allow any um, state official to travel to North Carolina without a special waiver, special need to travel on mm -hmm. on government funds to, to North Carolina, kind of a uh, resolution there objecting. And it's just, it's, it, it becomes part of the sort of, you know, anti-religion mentality because this is seen as somehow, um, you know, Christian discrimination against gays and against transgender. Well, that's correct. And, um, I mean, we even have, uh, you know, in, in not only North Carolina, but even after Mississippi passed their bill, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit, uh, there has been also um, other groups and, and even states that have mentioned no traveling to that state as well. Well, and, um, and you know, it, it's unfortunate, really, in a lot of ways. Um, but, um, you know, it's the climate that we're in. So, Mississippi, what did Mississippi pass? Well, that was 1523, and it's a very broad uh, religious freedom bill, um, as they describe it. Um, pretty much, uh, and it's very broad, um, and it covers so many different things. Uh, one of them was covering uh, the protections for clergy not having to solemnize marriages. It also covered religious institutions not having to be forced in using their facilities for, uh, for same-sex ceremonies. Um, but it got even further than that. It got into private businesses and uh, covered some of the basic uh, ones that we hear in, in the news a lot, florists and bakers and uh, photographers. But it even went farther than that. It talked about limousine services, car rental services, um, all sorts of very uh, jewelry, uh, <laughs> jewelry stores selling jewelry, uh, that they would protect rights uh, even even as far as that goes. Um and so this uh, this is a very very comprehensive. I mean, a, it's a it's a it's a blanket bill almost uh, to any kind, almost almost allowing any kind of uh, religious objection by conviction by any proprietor uh, that they might have. And um, now, is it objection simply to moment. say participating in a same sex wedding, or is it uh, you know that they can discriminate just broadly against gays? I would imagine Mississippi is a state that doesn't protect discrimination against gays in the first place. Yes, and if I recall correctly, Mississippi is one of the states that doesn't have that as a protected right. Uh -huh. And um, uh, that's, that's another big concern about, the, uh, about it as well. It is, like I said, it's very broad. It touches on its language. It's very expansive to the point of where it could probably go beyond uh, ceremonies, which I think is the intent. It's about the same-sex ceremonies, but it seems to want to push the envelope a little bit further. And I think that's what's got most people uh, very upset about that particular bill, besides the fact that it's a same-sex marriage. Now, then we have the Georgia bill, which had some discriminatory effect in earlier drafts, but the draft that the governor vetoed actually was uh, much more narrowly focused on religious freedom at that point. Tell us about the Georgia bill. Georgia bill is a very interesting bill. Um, because of, of history, I think it was going to have a very difficult time anyway. Uh, in the last, the last three or four sessions, Georgia has tried to pass a Religious Freedom Restoration Act. and But they've included language 
in the in that act, such as uh, parental rights, protecting parental rights. Um, that's included in that bill. That they weren't clean RIFRA bills that were patterned after the 1993 federal bill. So that already created problems. And as you know, Alan, historically RIFRA has had some challenges with business and with the LGBT community for fears that it would give it would empower Christians to um, to become ugly in the workplace or to allow their religion to be. A, a kind of a protecting cloak in their uh, employment uh, that they have with certain businesses. And so with that, it was already bad history. Then what happened this session, interestingly enough, is that Georgia 757, which is the bill we're talking about, started out simply as a bill that was going to protect clergy again and protect religious institutions. That's all it was. But there were five other bills out there, too. Three of them were RIFRA bills, and they were very clean RIFRA bills. For the first time, there was no extra language put into them. Very good bills. And uh, two bills that protected um, businesses, one uh, more specific than the other one. Uh, the second one was very broad. Again, it was very ambiguous language. It could have gone further than just the ceremony, the same-sex ceremonies, which is what they were implementing them for in the first place. Well, as 757 was moving through, as I understand it, um, they folded those other five bills into the 757. So objections, first of all, because of the history of RIFRA, was already coming out, even though it was a clean bill. And the second of all, um, it was the fears of those other two bills that dealt with um, private business owners. And, um, and even though as they went through the negotiating process and they did eliminate the private business owner protections. And it was basically a very, it wasn't a bad bill. You know, I didn't think they needed the thing for the clergy. I believe that's plenty protected in federal law already. But um, the, the the RIFRA bill was very clean, and there was no language that was protecting private uh, institutions. So um, in a sense, um, it's really a shame that it didn't get through because it would have been nice to have a RIFRA in the state here. But uh, at the same time, I understood where Governor Deal was going to be coming from because of the past history of the RIFRAs. And uh, second of all, you know, there's a lot of big businesses in Georgia that were speaking up, big businesses. You've got Home Depot here. You've got Delta, of course, and several other very large, well-known Coca-Cola corporations uh, that uh, were really coming down hard against uh, this particular legislation. And so very similar to what happened in Arizona when they had that debacle a couple of years ago. Uh, the, uh, yeah, this really is the story of the day, is that a simple religious freedom bill will be blasted as un-American, as anti-civil rights, mm-hmm. um, and that these things will be vilified in the media simply to protect religious freedom. Um, that's what's so appalling, and that, uh, you know, uh, the big corporations now feel that they have to come out and uh, be seen opposing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it seems to me that until there are massive petition drives with tens of thousands of citizens writing to these companies saying, shame on you um, for selling us out and selling out our rights, that nothing's going to change. That's probably correct. I mean, definitely the momentum's on the other side. And, um, again, it's, it's a shame that the RIFRAs have been got caught up in this. You know, I mean, the thing of it is, uh, both sides have uh, contributed to the problem. 
cause. They haven't helped each other. Two sides, you know, seem to have the the attitude that it's a zero sum game, right? Yes or nothing. And there's no dialogue. There's no discussion about it. There's no mutual respect that uh, going between these groups, trying to find some some meaningful and narrowly defined uh, ways in which. Uh, LGBT people can be protected, but also religious people can be protected about their convictions. And really, none of that dialogue going on. And I just want our listeners to be clear: that's where, that's where I'm at in my thinking. Is we need to take a page from what Utah did last year, yeah, and absolutely, and vigorously protect religious freedom, but also protect. LGBT rights, because nobody should be denied employment or denied housing or denied, you know, service in a restaurant or whatever uh, because of who they are. That's not, that's not an American value. It just isn't. You know, you have right to your own values, your own morals. You know, you don't have to approve of what somebody else does, but that doesn't give you the right to treat them disrespectfully. Absolutely correct. So. Our guest today, talking about these bills in the southern part of the United States, my good friend and colleague, Kevin James, Associate Director of Religious Liberty for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the South. Kevin, a joy as always to have you with us on Freedom's Ring. Yes, Alan, it was very good. Thank you. And as we close, I want to remind our listeners, if you're suffering religious discrimination, you can find help on our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And you can now listen to Freedom's Ring anytime you wish on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Check out our SoundCloud radio station. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association today on the web at religiousliberty.info. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.